Hello, this is Heather Bayer, and this is Vacation Rental Success, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything to do with vacation rentals worldwide. And this is episode number 11. Well, it's great to be back here again after my vacation in uh, the Bahamas, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we had uh, not the we didn't have the best of weather, unfortunately, and I think it probably had we had sunshine two and a half days out of the thirteen days we were there. But it was lovely enough to be away from the Ontario winter uh, to have a look around the island and to explore and to in fact make not not quite an absolute decision, but to get halfway to the decision that we're probably going to be buying a property in the Bahamas to rent out. So I'm on that search at the moment. Part of the research I'm doing is to look at all the properties that are currently available uh, on the island of Exuma, which is where we're thinking of buying. And I was looking through listings on HomeAway and my idea was that I'd, I'd look through the listings, see what their availability was, how, how their bookings were doing, and have a look at the reviews and, and just see what worked the best for a property in that location. And this is totally unscientific, but it does seem that there is a correlation between the occupancy levels and, and the way that these properties are described. I mean, it's, it's clear that the reviews have a lot to do with it and where there are lots of really good reviews the uh, the booking levels are higher. But when I went back to look at the text, just so much of it, so many of them were just totally uninspiring and uninspiring headlines as well. And it really got me thinking about the way that we put our listings together and if they really do have such a, an impact on whether people stay on the site, whether they stay on the listing and w whether they hang around. So I, I like to say, you know, whether a listing becomes sticky and not clicky, so they're not clicking away, they're sticking around to have a look at more and then perhaps get excited about it by looking at the photographs and um, and checking it out a little bit further. So my interview today is all about copywriting, making those headlines better, making that text better. And I'm delighted to have um, have with me Erin uh, Raab of thetravelcopywriter.com. So pleased to welcome you, Erin. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. It's an absolute delight to have you here. Now, I'm sitting here in, uh, I'm looking out of my window, and I've got at least three feet of snow outside. We do have blue sky, but the temperature is um, minus 18 centigrade. I'm not sure what that translates to in Fahrenheit, but it's um, darn cold. So where are you? <laughs> well, I feel a little bad saying this, but I am in Costa Rica um, in the mountains. It's about maybe 80 degrees, also blue skies but very, very different weather than you're having. Yes, you, you don't ever get snow there, right? No, uh, it does does get cold in certain parts of the mountains, um, you know, maybe around freezing, but but never snow. Yeah, I was there a couple of years ago and, and just absolutely loved it, and particularly in the mountains, although it was pretty foggy when I came across. I, I gather the, that that happens quite a lot. Yeah, high altitudes and... Yeah. Cloud forests, and that's what you get. <laughs> well, I would, I would recommend anybody out there listening who hasn't been to Costa Rica. It's an absolute must on uh, on a bucket list. Yeah, totally do agree. <laughs> yeah. I invited you on to vacation rental success. A because I, you know, as I just said, I loved your your website and particularly your blog. 
what really got me is that there was the, there's a section on your website about vacation rentals and and when I read through that and you talk about what what vacation rental copywriting is, it really caught my attention. I thought you'd be a fantastic guest. So I'd just like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how, tell us about how you got to Costa Rica, because I'm horribly jealous. And then, <laughs> uh, and then perhaps um, talk a little bit about your business and, and what copywriting actually is. Okay, so my name is Erin Robb. And I am the writer behind the travel copywriter. I mean, my story starts a long time ago, as I'm sure many of ours does. But uh, I've been traveling my whole life, uh, basically, for as long as I can remember. And uh, the funny thing, or the interesting thing, is that uh, I never stepped foot in a hotel room until I was well into high school. My family always stayed in vacation rentals. And of course, this was back in the day when, you know, you had to search for, for rentals in those tiny black and white classifieds in the back of your alumni magazine or a travel magazine. I'm sure we all, we all had to do that at one point. So anyway, I've been traveling since I was young. And, and when I was in high school, I came, I studied in Costa Rica, fell in love with, uh, with the country, went back to the States, went to college, did all that. And then I graduated and it was the great recession and there weren't a lot of job opportunities. So, um, I actually began uh, a writing career. And I realized, hey, you know, you can do that from anywhere. So I decided to come back to Costa Rica. I came and I found a job as a travel writer, which um, was a pretty, pretty natural marriage of, of my passion for travel and my talent for writing. And I did that for a couple of years, uh, traveling all around Costa Rica, writing about activities and hotels and pretty much anything related to travel. And uh, then I got married and I had a baby and I found, as I think most of us do, that having a child grounds you literally and figuratively. And that's when I founded the Travel Copywriter, which uh, I can I can do for my home most of the time. So, yeah, basically copywriting is the art of selling through uh, written words. And I'm sure many of us are familiar with long form direct mail type copywriting, those really long emails or um, Sorry, those really long letters that you get in the mail trying to convince you to buy this, that, or the other thing. But to me, travel copywriting is, is very different than the traditional form of copywriting because it's not a hard sell. Travel is naturally easy to sell because people love to travel. It's all about the fantasy. So uh, to me, travel copywriting is simply blending the fantasy of travel with convincing copy or convincing words to sell a specific vacation experience, your experience. That's what, that's what I do. So what do you think about the way that people write vacation rental listings? Because it's clear from the majority of them that they haven't got you to do them. Um, they haven't got any travel copywriter or, or copywriter of any sort right. to help them out. So do you think that currently, if you look, if you, if you look across the breadth of listings that are out there and, you know, of course I expected you to have looked at all nearly a million listings on, <laughs> on home away, but in general, do you think they're getting the message across? I think a lot of rentals get a lot of things right, but the trick is getting your rental to get everything right. The problem that I see is a lot of listings are, and this isn't about professional writing, it's, it's about thoughtful writing. Um, I think a lot of listings are rushed. People don't focus as much as they should on their title 
on their first sentence, on their first paragraph. Basically, in, in copywriting, we say that the job of the headline is to get somebody to read the first sentence of your text. The job of the first sentence is to get them to the second, and the job of the second is to get them to the third, and so on and so on. So basically, you should focus the most amount of time on your headline and the second most amount of time on your first paragraph, specifically the first sentence. When I say the most time, I'm not talking about five minutes. You know, some of the, the greatest writers out there, they literally spend 10 hours working on a headline. I'm not suggesting that everybody spend 10 hours working on a headline. But what I am saying is that a significant time investment in getting everything right from the very, very beginning reaps much, much, much more uh, in rewards far, farther down the line because you reel your readers in and that's how you convert them. My basic answer to your question, Heather, is that I think most listings out there don't set themselves apart. There are a lot of things that you could do that you're probably not doing. And so you're just another one of the pack instead of leading. So so, so yeah. what, what you're saying is that a headline that says three bedrooms, three bathrooms in Orlando with Wi-Fi doesn't work. Correct. <laughs> because there are probably 200 other, bed, or 200 other rentals in Orlando that also say something very, very similar. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I often hear this, particularly from, from some of these areas like, you know, like the Florida area where mm -hmm. it, they're cookie cutter homes. They're all exact. They, they look very much the same. They've all got you know, the screened-in pools, the Mickey Mouse-themed bedrooms, and not a great deal else to set them apart from another property. So what, what sort of thing should an owner who has one of those, those homes and who is trying to stand apart from the rest, what, what do you think they should be looking at in, in terms of a headline? Well, you know, I think each owner is going to know his or her rental best. So what you, what I would really recommend is basically there's this concept called um, the unique selling proposition, your USP. We talk about that a lot in, in copywriting. And it's what really, truly sets you apart. So taking your Orlando examples, it's perfect because, you know, there are just so many rentals in, in the Disney area. There are tons that have three bedrooms and three baths and pools and that are within, let's say, 10 miles to Disney, right? So what you need to do is say, all right, what makes my rental different from my neighbors? What makes my rental different from all my competitors on HomeAway? And you, you take that, which is your, your unique selling proposition, your USP, and, and that's what you promote through your, your listing. For example, let's say you can see the Disney fireworks from, from your home or from your neighborhood or from a point close to your house. That could be your headline or what sets you apart. Watch the fireworks from your, your home away from home, something like that. Or I actually, I, I consulted on a, on a rental one time that uh, was, in, was on the Hawaii, on the Hawaii beachfront. That's another, obviously, area that has many, many, many competitors. All of their competitors on, I believe it was home away, uh, had pictures, you know, their thumbnail photos were either of a sunset or of a beach or something similar, you know, the traditional photo. Mm -hmm. And all of the headlines were sort of what you were saying, you know, cookie cutter, like, you know, two bedroom condo with sunset views or two bedroom condo with Waikiki views. So the, the rental that <clears throat> I consulted on, th what they decided to do was instead of just marketing themselves as kids accepted, they went for kid, truly, truly kid friendly. And they purchased 
it wasn't a big investment, but they purchased a bunch of uh, beach toys, you know, sandcastle molds and beach balls and shovels and, you know, other things that, that kids like to do at the beach. They took a great photo of all of their beach toys stacked up. And that photo was their thumbnail photo. And their headline, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of turnkey vacation rental for kids. All you need to bring is your bathing suit or something like that. You know, you might not think that that is the greatest marketing tactic, but uh, it actually worked perfectly for them. It set them apart. Any parent that came across that, that listing, you know, a parent with younger children, obviously, maybe not teenagers, but, you know, toddlers and, and up to maybe the preteen set, they saw that listing and they ha just had to click on it because, I mean, what parent doesn't want their children to be entertained all the time mm -hmm. while they're on vacation, you know? And, and it was perfect. It, it worked perfectly for them. And, and that tiny investment in some toys and tweaking their, their approach to how they marketed their property, <laughs> just the return on that investment was who knows how much, 20-fold perhaps. They got all of the kid, all of the, the family the family rentals for the area. Very much about how you market your place and how you present it in both photos and writing. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. I love that sort of marriage of the photo and and the headline. I, I wouldn't yes. have thought about that. But having said that, I had uh, I'd seen one a while back, and it was again in an area that had a, a lot of of similar properties. The, the owner had taken a photograph of several bicycles leaning against uh -huh. the uh, the porch. And the headline was cycle to, cycle to the farmer, something like cycle to the farmer's market from the front door. Because when you read through the reviews of the property, everybody had mentioned how neat it was that they could just, that, that the bicycles were included and they could just get on the bikes and cycle to, to the farmer's market or to the, to the um, antique stores and that sort of thing. And they seemed to have hooked in. They were speaking to the guests, what, what guests wanted and what they desired. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad that you sort of mentioned that because I wanted to bring up a point. To me, the most important thing before you even sit down and write one word of your listing copy is you have to understand your target audience or what marketers call your persona or personas because depending on your rental you may have one you may have two you may have five personas but these personas are a made-up personality in your head of the people who who rent your villa or your home or your cottage or whatever and you really really need to get to know these personas because for example the listing that you were that you just talked about heather you know, marketing free bicycles doesn't appeal to every single home renter, right? But it appeals to some. And so obviously one of the target personas for that property was active travelers who like to get around on, on bicycles. And you're essentially, instead of being a small fish in a big sea, you're making yourself a big fish in a, in a small pond. And you you catch more of your target audience that way, and you actually end up getting more rentals. So I really want to recommend that every single person who owns a rental sits down and thinks about their personas, writes it down, gives them names. I mean, you want to make this very, very personal so you understand exactly who you're talking to with your headline, with every paragraph of your listing, with every photo of your listing. They should all be directed specifically to your personas. That, that's a terrific point. And in fact, I, I, I heard something similar to that um, the other day and somebody was talking about, uh, and they called it an avatar, create an avatar for your ideal person. I love that idea. Just And, and in fact, 
it, it just got me thinking about my own properties and, and I haven't done this exercise. And I think that yeah. uh, that is really great because my, my properties are, are fairly uniquely situated in, in our area and they don't suit everybody, but they suit dog owners and they mm -hmm. suit people who like to sit on a dock and fish and not have small children who want a beach because that's what it it's not. But I think myself, like a lot of people, are, are, are sort of trying to cast the net really, really wide and in right. doing so, a lot of stuff is escaping. Yeah, because you become this generic listing that, again, you're you're fighting amongst dozens, hundreds, depending on where your your listing is, of of your competitors. Whereas if you can really stand out as the go-to rental for dog owners or for bike riders or you know whatever whatever your angle is, whatever your USP is, if you can market yourself as the go-to rental for that audience, that niche, then you are golden. I mean, you're going to do much, much better in the long run. Unless, of course, I mean, there's always the, the standout case of only cottage on a certain lake or whatever. And then if you don't have competitors, it's not as important. But if you're fighting to stand out in, in a larger market, it's very, very, very important to understand your audience. Oh, abs absolutely. And I think I think you've made a great point there. You know, th this is for people who are wanting to stand out. Obviously, if, if you're the only one, if you're if you're, if you're yeah. the only one that's advertising in an area and it's a popular area, then probably you're going to be getting the... Uh, Lucky the, you. The, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think those are few and far between now. So you've, you talked about the headline. So can we just go yeah. on to the first sentence? We've now got this grabbing headline and people are there. They're not going to want to go onto the first line of the listing and and then be told that there's three bedrooms and three bathrooms so so what would uh, what would come next well what works for me um or what i find works for my clients more more specifically is to really set the scene and again this goes back to your target audience what is their fantasy that your vacation rental fulfills and then yes your first sentence is creating that scene for them it's it's you're filling, you're fulfilling this this desire in them, and and they start to read your your listing, and they say, oh yes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That's what your first sentence should be. So, you know, let's say you have a a small romantic cottage on a pond or a lake or something, let's say in New England, and your um, target persona is couples looking for a quiet getaway. Your first sentence could be something along the lines of imagine sitting down to a glass of wine watching the sunset paint a rainbow of colors across your own private lake something like that i mean it's just off the top of my head but your romantic couple looking for that quiet weekend getaway are going to think to themselves yes that's exactly what i want to do i want to sit down with the person i love to a glass of of wine and i want to watch the sunset in the in the quiet with with no neighbors to look at me and only the birds to share, to share the view, you know, something like that. If that's what they want, that's what you want to appeal to in your very first sentence. Same thing with your second sentence, same thing with your third sentence. Mm -hmm. Every single part of your listing is appealing to this, this fantasy so that by the time they get to your second paragraph, they basically already decided you've made the presale. Now they're just reading the rest of your listing to get the details because now they're like, yeah, that's, that's the place that I want to stay. Now I want to hear about the amenities. I want to hear about what's close, um, but I'll make it work because this this is just perfect for me. I suppose you could use the analogy of a storefront. You know, if you open if you opened yes. a store and and just put a whole load of boxes in the window, that's not going to draw people in. 
But if you if if you create a beautiful window display, you're going to draw people through the door, and then you can show them the basics of what you actually have in the store. Exactly, that's the perfect analogy. You use the word imagine, and I know that I've I've used that a lot. I write a lot of copy for because I run a rental agency as well, so we have about two hundred properties. So I'm trying to do something different for each one. I seem uh -huh. to use the word imagine an mm -hmm. awful lot now. Uh -huh. And I think it's a great word because it does draw people in. The moment you say, imagine, you're off there. You're dreaming. You're, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I, can, I, I want to picture myself in that. Can you, right. can you come up, can you give us a couple of other words that you could use to, to create that, uh, that, that same sort of feeling? Well, sure. I mean, you could use words like picture, picture yourself doing this, uh, imagine yourself doing that. But the other, the other thing that you can do is simply take the picture and the imagine out of the equation and just say, you're sitting on your porch, mm -hmm. a glass of wine in hand. You know, take out the picture, take out the imagine, and just go right into the fantasy. Um, it's, it's actually just as effective, if not more effective, because it's not even an imagine. They're not even imagining it anymore. They're just, they're just sitting there and saying, wow, I'm already there. I'm already looking at this beautiful view or, or whatever. So you're sort of making a description of what they're actually doing. You're sitting yes, here, you're you're in mm -hmm. front you're in front of a fire, it's Valentine's Day. Right. And if you don't wanna if you if that sounds too commanding to you, then then do it, you know, as in a roaring fire blazes in the stone fireplace or the sunset dips below the horizon and the sky comes ablaze with every hue of orange, red and, and yellow. Whatever. Um, but there are so many ways that you can that you can do it, but that sort of depends on, on your personal writing style. I, I like to say, or imagine, or picture uh -huh. this, but you can really, really do it any way, any way that you want, as long as you are painting that fantasy yeah. uh, in so, your reader's heads. So you're talking very visually here. Yes. Um, which, which, of course, choosing a vacation is a visual thing. Would you also encourage people to touch on the other senses, to, uh, to, to, to mention that they're going to be hearing birdsong, they'll feel the soft breeze, that sort of thing? Or is that going a bit too far? No, I would definitely do that. If, if it works for your rental, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, perhaps you wouldn't want to mention the squawk of scarlet macaws um, because that's very unpleasant. But, um, you know, if there's beautiful, yes, beautiful songbirds that are around your rental, or perhaps, you know, if you're oceanfront and you can smell that salty sea air, which is such a wonderful aroma that everybody can, can relate to, um, yeah, absolutely mention that. But, but definitely keep it on the really, really pleasant side. If not everybody, again, you don't want to get too general, but if it's something that, that, most, that doesn't appeal to most people, I would, I would sort of keep it to the side. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, some people love to hear little children running around, but if, if your primary market isn't families with young children, then you know you wouldn't want to mention that. But if you are appealing to young, you know, families with toddlers, and you're in a very family-friendly community, you know, obviously that can actually be a a really great draw for your for your rental. You know, that you see little kids running around, or there's a playground just over the fence, or whatever. You know, but. It's very, very particular to your to your rental. Yeah. Once again, it comes back to um, to, to these persona is described. Right. If if you know what the persona is of the the person that you're um, speaking to, then yes. you can craft the the text around it. Exactly. And and I I, I know that that's a little scary, um, especially as you said, because so many people come from the standpoint of wanting to appeal to the largest possible audience. So 
when all of a sudden you're targeting your headline and all of your your copy to one, two, three specific uh, personas, it's a little, it, it is, it's, it's scary because you're saying, oh, well, you know, if, if somebody who's not in my target audience reads my listing, they're not going to want to stay here. And yes, that's possibly true, but they probably wouldn't have stayed with you anyway. And um, the beauty of working with these personas is if one of them does come across your listing, you are going to be exactly what they always they're not going to glance you know through your listing and, and just skip to the next one they're going to say this is it this is the exact the exact home yeah you have a lovely blog post um, that says four tired travel cliches that kill yeah. sales and mm-hmm. what to say, say instead and I, I i'm going to put a link to that on uh, on the show notes because i think it's it's a terrific uh, reminder about some of the things that we we use um that uh, and that we actually overuse I seem to recall, and I, you know, I can't remember if it's on your Google Plus account or if I saw it somewhere else. May I know where it was? It was on your Pinterest page. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a chart of words. And I don't know if you recall that, <laughs> but I'm going to pull it out. I shall pull it out. It's a, and, and it has words and it has all the alternatives. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a list of synonyms, really. Perfect. But it... Um, I, I looked at that the other day and I thought, oh, that yes, that's perfect. And I've, mm-hmm. I've printed that off and um, got it in my other, the other part of my office that, uh, mm-hmm. that next time I'm going to be writing one of these, I'm going to be going through that list and perhaps choosing a few other, other things. But it, uh, mm-hmm. I'll be putting a link to your, um, to your Pinterest page as well because I, I found that um, really useful to go through. There's a lot of great points on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did a blog post called Inspiring Ideas for Evergreen Travel Blog Content. And I went through that and, it, you know, as a blogger, it's just like, yeah, you've just given me ideas for absolutely everything um, you know, to cover probably the next year of content. Now, we encourage, right. I'm encouraging owners to develop their own blog. Now, whether they have their own website or not is, is, is entirely up to them. I think it's a really good idea. But at the very least, to, uh, to start a, a blog so how important do you think it is for a vacation rental owner to develop that, their own brand, I guess, that has different components in it rather than just a listing um, so that they're becoming more um, a travel guide rather than just a vacation rental owner? I think it's very, very important to develop your own brand, which for me includes your own website and some sort of content marketing. Uh, I know that's a sort of buzzword today, but what I mean by content marketing is um, – a blog or a newsletter or travel guides or something that sort of sets you apart as a thought leader um, for your area. But I do want to, ha- I have like a caveat there. And I, and I want to say that this isn't, creating your own brand isn't an afterthought kind of thing. If you don't have the time or the resources or even the desire, then don't do it. It's not a bad thing to say, I don't have the time, I don't have the resources, or I don't have the desire. Because it truly is better to skip building a separate website or a blog or any aspect of your brand than to build a substandard one. And, you know, why do I say that? It's, it's basically because a poor website reflects poorly on your property, right? So if you came across a website that, that had typos or, you know, blurry photos or really, really badly written blog posts or a travel guide that was 20 years outdated, you know, whatever you can think of, that wouldn't shine a good light on on that rental. So you definitely need to have at least the time 
and the interest. If you're not going to hire any outside help, uh, you can do it all on your own, but it is it does require a time investment, and you do need to maintain your interest because let's say starting a blog and then starting it or and then stopping it um, two months later isn't really going to help you out. That's my caveat on that. But yes, long story short, I think it's um, it's very very important if you're serious about your business, whether you own one rental or you know you're a property management company or you just happen to own several rentals. Um, I think it's very, very important to build build your brand. Yeah, you make some you make some great points there. And if something is is worth doing, it's worth doing well. And don't do it if you can't do it well. And I and I have and, seen a lot of blogs that have that have started up, and then the last entry was was over a year ago, and right. um and the links are out of date. Right. Um. So right. so yeah, really good point. And in fact, from what you've said, if if they have an exceptional listing that really is dragging people in, there's there's probably not a great deal of necessity to have anything beyond that if the clients are being attracted in that way. Absolutely. If your listing is doing, you know, the job for you and you have near full occupancy or full occupancy, don't even worry about building your own website or your own brand. But I think that a branding yourself works particularly well for property management companies or, um, you know, sort of like a suite of vacation rentals, let's say uh, somebody in a ski resort town mm -hmm. that has that owns 10, 10 rentals, having a separate website, building a brand around those rentals is a very, very good idea. Uh, and, you know, obviously you can create travel guides and, and talk about, you know, all sorts of different cool things to do on the mountain um, in summer months, for example, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's so many. And in that sense, it's a very, very good idea because you have this one-time investment as in one website, one blog, one travel guide that is helping you sell your 10 different rentals in, in that case. But again, you know, if those, if all 10 rentals are fully booked just from, you know, a home away or, or a flip key or a Airbnb, then, then don't worry about the site. But if, you know, if you're not fully booked, that's when you should, should think about other ways that you can uh, brand yourself and really make your, your rentals or rentals stand out. Thank you for that, Erin. I think those, those are some really great points. It actually gives me a little bit more food for thought as well about, uh, uh, we, we, you know, I've I've been ten years in in the vacation rental agency business, mm -hmm. and uh, and sometimes as an agency owner, you get so immersed in the business that you forget that you need to work on it, and mm -hmm. uh, and that's you know I may come back to you on that one, <laughs> because our, our branding is not as uh, uh, not as consistent uh, as it should mm -hmm. be. And mm -hmm. and I think I've seen that on in other, particularly with the smaller agencies, not so much the the the, the megalithic ones, but uh, but the smaller ones where let's say anything from twenty five to a couple of hundred properties. Um, mm -hmm. I think work is probably needed to to get that consistency going and then to yeah. ma maintain it. Yeah, and that that's where you know content marketing and and all of that and social media and and all of that sort of come comes into play. It can really really take you to the next level of of sales and and revenue and yeah. all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, back to your website, um, which I've spent a lot of time on. You, you, you say you can turn readers into renters. This is a little bit of a quick fire thing. So have you got a few tips, some practical tips that you can offer to, uh, to owners that they could sort of sit down and say today, okay, I'm going to make some changes. I can do this thing. Sure. It's going to sort of rehash what we've already mm -hmm. talked about. But um, my absolute number one tip, I will say it again, is know your personas. I say this, you know, basically to every single, every single time I do any consult with any sort of client, 
whether it's a vacation rental or a hotel or, you know, a tourism bureau, you sit down and it sounds so, you know, um, elementary school English class, um, but you get to know your, your, your personas, your characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually, I mean, truly just work with me and write them down, give them names, you know, there's Erin, the, the mother of a toddler from Costa Rica, and, and this is what she cares about. Um, or, you know, anything, but you really, really, really want to get to know those, those people. And um, you want to get to know their pain points. And that's uh, basically the, the anxieties or the worries or the concerns that they have when it comes to, comes to renting a home. Uh, so, for example, going back to Erin, the mother of a toddler, you know, I, she might be concerned with a home that's safe for her child. So if you have, you know, socket protectors and bed rails on one of your twin beds, right there, you basically have solved all of her problems and you have her business, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to really sit down and and write down, these are my personas. These are the, the, the one, the three, the five people who rent my, my, my property. And that's my number, number one tip. Um, and you just got to do it. You have to sit down. You have to get to know these people as if you were their best friend. If you can be their best friend in, in your listing, then your job is already done. You've, you've made the sale. So um, uh, my second tip, uh, we didn't really talk about this too much, but um, choose a, uh, an amazing uh, primary or thumbnail, thumbnail photo for your listing. Um, and as we sort of talked about before, Remember that a beautiful scene isn't doesn't always suffice. Don't do what your competitors have done, even if even if you're tempted. If, if everybody has a, a beach photo or a mountain a mountain vista or you know whatever all your competitors have, don't do that. Find a different way to set your rental apart in the photos. Third tip: This is again it's deceptively easy, but rewrite your headline for your listing. And again, this goes back to uh, your personas and your unique selling proposition, your headline should absolutely highlight what it is that makes your rental different. You know, we talked about the, the beach toys or perhaps being able to watch Disney fireworks from your rooftop deck or, you know, whatever it is that sets you apart, even if it's not what you traditionally think of as the most important thing, such as you have three bedrooms and you can sleep up to eight people. Forget that. Forget what everybody else says. Make your headline the thing that makes you unique. Next tip would be have a really dynamite intro. We talked about this, but, um, you know, your first sentence, first of all, basically you're setting the scene for your reader, but always remember that the job of the first sentence is to get them to the second The job of the second sentence is to get them to the third and so on and invest as much time as you need to get that perfect intro. And yeah, the, I guess the last tip, uh, is again, put them in the moment all the time. If you know your persona, if you know your readers, um, then you can put them in that perfect moment, the, the moment that is perfect for them, that makes them, you know, it's, it's the reason why they want to, to vacation in your area. Um, and just, yeah, complete that fantasy for them and, and you'll have basically made your sale in your first paragraph. Great information. Really, really good. And it, it really comes away from the... And I did see one this morning. It did say three bedrooms, three bathrooms, and the Wi-Fi costs $10 a, $10 a week or something like that. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm just, I've just moved on. I've just moved on yes. straight away. So okay. I'm going to go back to, to all my 200 listings. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. I think, you know, agency sites, slightly different. You've already got yeah. them moving from place to place because they've right. just you know they've decided on the area and probably decided on your company 
once mm-hmm. they're in the agency site. But uh, yeah. but still, there's a lot of interesting pointers for any agency owner, in fact, to, to perhaps go back to their, their listings and actually um, create headlines for each one. Because I've got a feeling that we don't actually have a headline for any of our listings on our, our site. So that's a an action point uh, for me. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic, Erin. You are you're active on social media too. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen terrific information on your Pinterest page. You could just go to that Pinterest page, and I don't know when the last time it it is since you you posted something, but then you may not even recall what you have posted on there because I know I've been I, a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, but there's some there's some really good stuff. So um, yeah. so as I say, I'm going to list that in the show notes. I, I've also seen you around on Google Plus. What do you think of Google Plus? Because I was talking to um, Alan Egan. Uh, on the last podcast, uh, and he and he is very very pro Google Plus. thinks thinks mm-hmm. it is the way to go. Um, what what are your thoughts? Personally, I, I use Google Plus, but I don't necessarily think that what works for for my freelance writing business works for the vacation rental business. And you know, I'm sure that there are people who can uh, leverage Google Plus to promote their vacation rental. But my general opinion, I like Google+, Plus, especially for authorship. If you're doing any sort of um, blogging, I would definitely uh, have your Google+, Plus, your authorship, linked up to, to your blogging. Google+, Plus, I think, is populated mostly by uh, business owners um, and, and networkers. It's necessarily a social network quite yet, and it may be in the future. But for now, in my experience, I think that the the top three networks for travel are Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter, um, because you have a very large audience that is very, very social, especially on Facebook. Um, people love to share, uh, and so you know when you're blogging or posting travel guides and that kind of thing, those are, those can get social shares really easily on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Twitter is partly business, but also very, very friendly and, and social and and. Pinterest is, um, you know, with their with their new places and, you know, they're moving towards uh, marketing and being able to purchase. Well, and Twitter is as well, being able to um, to make sales directly through the platform. I think those are really, really, really great for for listing um, all sorts of information about your rental as well as posting your blog posts and everything else. But just remember, travel is very visual and these social networks are very visual. So um, you're going to want to keep all of your posts visual. And, and with that, that goes hand in hand with having good travel photography. It doesn't have to be $5,000 worth of professional photographs. But if you um, know a photographer or even a hobbyist or a student photographer or anything, you know, getting really beautiful pictures of not just your you know, uh, property interiors, but um, you know, the surrounding area and activities and Anything that's related to your staying at your at your property, you want to get that so that your posts, your shares are the ones that get pinned or tweeted, retweeted, shared on Facebook. And yeah. I, guess, I guess at that point, we should also mention copyright and and, and the fact that it, it is not OK just to use any photograph you find on Google Images and uh, and, and share it uh basically as your own, even if it's just to illustrate uh, a point you're trying to make. Yeah, I mean, of course, you can go to, a, you know, Creative Commons or copyright free photography websites. But in my opinion, it's always much, much, much better to just take your own photos. I mean, if you're if you have an eye for photography, take your own photos, you know, but 
what you want to avoid is taking, just like we talked about with copy, um, you don't write just to write. You don't want to just whip something out as quick as you can. In the same way, you don't want to just take a photo to take a photo. Yeah. Um, if you don't know how to do proper lighting to or take wide-angle photos of, of your massive ski chalet living room or whatever the case may be, um, that's when you sort of need a, uh, somebody who, whether it's a professional or just somebody who knows what uh, he or she is doing, you need somebody else to step in because I know it, it's, it's, a, it's an investment, but I really believe in doing things right or mm -hmm. not doing them at all because that goes back to, you know, reflecting poorly on your on your property. Yeah, I love the idea of, um, of using maybe a student photographer, mm -hmm. um, perhaps going to yeah. a, a photography school and, and saying, you know, yes. come out to my property, take pictures. And then, you know, as long as I can use them and, and credit you, then we're all doing well. Yeah, and I would, I would recommend um, still paying some, you know, it's not going to be a professional fee, but I do mm -hmm. believe in paying people for their work. But, you know, obviously you're going to get away with a much, much lower price and because a student is, is a student and they're just learning. Um, but yeah, you're helping them build their profile and, and test their skills. And, sure. and you're getting a really great product in return, especially with digital photography. They're, they're going to get good photos, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so just moving on from that, if somebody yeah. was considering hiring a travel, if, if they feel, uh, you know, they just can't write their own copy beyond, beyond the three-bedroom, three-bathroom sentences, what should they be considering if they're going to hire somebody to to actually do it for them? Because I've I've seen stuff on Fiverr.com and uh, mm -hmm. outsourcing to other countries, neither of which I feel is a, is a good idea. Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, I think I think it comes down to a few things. Uh, first of all, you know, you've got um, the scope of a project uh, and and your budget. You know, if you only have one rental, you you probably don't want to hire um, a super professional travel copywriter <laughs> uh, because the price um, the price point may not be within your budget. Um, and I'm just being honest on that one. Uh, I wouldn't recommend a website, generally speaking, like Fiverr, just because, and I'm not against outsourcing to other countries. Obviously, I live in Costa Rica, <laughs> and I work with a lot of people in Costa Rica, and, and they're wonderful people. But I think the key that you have to have, um, that you have to look for uh, when, you're, when you're looking for a, a writer in another country is English, and it's not proficiency. It's native English. Uh, when... If you think that you can't write your listing well enough, I highly, highly doubt that somebody who does not have absolute mastery of the English language can do a better job. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you need to you need to to work with somebody who really speaks and writes very good English and has a flair for travel writing because that's essentially what you need done in your listing. Yes, there are facts that you're going to list, but the heart of your listing is is in good travel writing. So, you know, look for a writer with, um, with experience, with clips. And, uh, there are some websites where you can find that, um, and be prepared to pay, um, a fair fee because it takes me a couple hours at least to write a really good headline and listing because it's a lot about getting to know your property and, um, what you offer and getting to know the general area because, uh, I don't. I don't write a one paragraph or a two paragraph listing. I write a really good listing that has, you know, a little bit of SEO juice, not for SEO purposes, but people who are searching for certain keywords would would come across, and mm -hmm. that's kind of what you want. So look for somebody who who has, you know, the experience, the clips to to back up the, their travel rating, and maybe that understands um, that understands your area or has really good research skills. Mm -hmm. And um, 
if you're a bigger company, then you probably want to look, you know, if you're, you know, an agency or a property management company, or um, as we were talking about, you know, like just an owner who has uh, several rentals and you want to create a brand, then you're probably looking uh, more to a travel copywriter to really build a website that, that, that sells your experience from the very, very beginning and can set you up with um, content marketing strategy and blogging and travel guides and basically anything that you can imagine a travel copier could, a copywriter could help you with, mm-hmm. you know, but it really, it really depends on the size of your business and your budget and your goals and everything else. You know, one size does not fit all in anything travel related, right? So n- it doesn't hold true either for your, for your writer. Yeah. And uh, yes, my advice to people, to owners has always been when they're considering this or or anything similar is to say, is this likely to bring me more business? And and perhaps could it bring me another weekend rental? Could it bring me a, a low season week? what is what what are you what's your income going to be for that and that right. and and look at that and say well if it's going to bring me a couple of those then it's definitely worthwhile spending um the amount of that of that week perhaps on on getting the service you made some great points and i i would highly suggest that people do look for for for, for an expert if they can't do it themselves because i think they're damaging their own brand, oh. even if it's just a listing, <laughs> even if it's just a listing, just by doing it themselves. Yeah, I mean, it all boils down to return on investment. I think, you know, there's a little bit of sticker shock when you hear, um, you know, a couple hundred dollars to write a listing or a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars to build a website. But when you think about the return on, on that investment, you know, most rentals cost what, 500, a thousand, a week, Uh you know, um, when you have very, very well written copy, whether it's on a home away listing or on your own website, your, your sale is, as I've been saying the whole, the whole call, you know, your sale is made pretty much from that first paragraph and the rest is, is gravy, you know, and that is incredibly valuable. It's not just an extra weekend. It's all of a sudden, you know, having 80% occupancy mm-hmm. um, and, and your, your investment is so quickly made up uh, in rentals that it's, I'm not going to say a drop in the bucket, but it was uh, a very, very worthwhile investment. I mean, I truly believe in what I offer. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't do it, you know, and I'm not just talking about me. I just, I mean, copywriting in, in general, it, it works. I mean, it really does work and it's, it can do, it can do wonders for, for any any properties. So it, it is something that, that you should consider because it really can just completely transform, you know, your revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. We're coming to the end of our, our time now, Erin, and uh, you, you've, you've given such valuable information and uh, you've, uh, you've offered to give one more thing. So I just want to share this with listeners that, um, that Erin has offered the, um, the opportunity to have your listing uh, reviewed and she will write a more effective alternative. Now, this is just for one listener. And, and we, we are going to do a draw from commenters on the show notes. So what we're going to do is just encourage you to come to the show notes, make a comment on what you thought about um, the content. I'd love to hear what parts of Erin's advice that you're actually going to put into practice. And then we're going to do a draw from those comments and we're going to do that within the next 
10 days of the first publication of this um, of, of the show notes and you'll see the date at the top of the show notes that'll show you when the when the um, post and the podcast was published and 10 days after that we're going to draw from the commenters on those notes and one lucky person is going to have Erin review your listing one listing um, whether it's on Flipkey or on HomeAway or, or on another listing site and uh, and she's going to write a, uh, a more effective alternative for you. So that is huge value. Now, have I got that right, Erin? I don't want to be <laughs> yes, pushing you to any more. Right. Yeah. No, no, that's exactly right. We'll do, we'll do the headline and, and the listing. Oh, okay. Oh. That, that is a fabulous offer. And I mean, that, that that's worth several hundred dollars. So please go to the show notes. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you're going to put into practice. So Erin, you have been a fantastic guest and I, uh, I really, really want to thank you so much for, for uh, giving us the time, your, well, your very precious Costa, Costa Rica time, <laughs> to, to come along and, uh, and share your thoughts with us. I've learned an awful lot and I'm quite sure my listeners have too. So thank you very, very much. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and, and thank you so much for having me. Okay, um, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Erin. Well, that was a terrific interview with Erin. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Uh, I've got a lot of tips to take away, and I think I'm you know, going to really start looking at the text on, on my listings and, and just seeing how how inspiring it actually is and whether whether I'm doing that job, making the first sentence make people want to go to the second sentence and the third and then to the next paragraph, because I think that is that is the key. And I also love that idea about personas and having a look at or writing down the the type of people that are going to come to my property. So so that's my task. I also loved the offer that Erin has, has given to do a renovation on one listing. So please do go to the show notes, uh, take a few moments to write a comment, let us know what you what you learned from this session and what you're going to put into place. And then um, we will do a draw in the next 10 days and we'll announce on, on the website uh, who has won. And then what I'd also like to do is, is do a blog post and show the original listing text and then the changes that uh, Erin that uh, has done to it. So as ever, if you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd really love you to go to iTunes and uh, and write a review. You know that you love people to go to your listing after they've been to stay with you and write a review. It means a lot to you. It means a lot to me if you're able to go to iTunes and do that for me as well. You can actually do it by going to the show notes and just clicking on the review button, review on iTunes. I believe Mike's put on there. Well, that wraps up another issue another episode of vacation rental success another great interview we've got uh, several more coming up i'm moving to a weekly format so uh, you will be getting your podcasts every thursday from here on in and i'm really committing myself to this because uh, i think it's important that uh, that we get as i say a bit more more consistency and i've got a ton of people lined up for interviews we're going to be hearing from some industry experts, as well as a lot of um, owners. I'm going to be doing an, a monthly um, owner special where we talk to an owner who's really successful in the industry. So keep an eye open for that. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you once again, and I look forward to uh, talking to you again very, very soon.